BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everybody, I'm your host once again, Markino, El Marky Mark. And joining me for the first time, we got Matthew Carlton. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Marky Mark. Much appreciated, mate. Yeah, man, I'm excited. We are uh, reading something that you've written and I always like reading like, you know, with the author on so then they can answer my questions. I don't just yell at no one, really. Makes it better. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. No, much appreciated. Much appreciated, um, mate. Yeah, so you've been in 40k for a while. Tell me, tell me a quick little background history of you. Yeah, look, uh, growing up, I grew up in a very small little regional town in Australia. Um, so well into the country there. There was absolutely fuck all in the way of games workshop material. No. So it was pretty much us just playing the Dawn of War games and you know, trying to come up with, uh, you know, 50, 60 bucks between us so that we could split <laughs> a little box set of space marines that we never painted. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, I yeah, remember and just got a 15-year-old boy and be like, how the fuck am I going to get $40? Where am I going to get that? <laughs> Absurd. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it got to the point where, like any addiction, you start to consider, hey, you know, is it worth sucking a little bit of dick for a box set? But, you know, probably not. <laughs> yeah yeah anything for it yeah that's it anything for that crack plastic <laughs> well, <laughs> collect minis now or are you just like still kind of in weird australia australia limbo no look i, I do i've got um yeah my little 2000 points uh orc army uh i did have a regiment of um imperial guard but 
I just moved houses because of the, the birth of my daughter. We needed somewhere a little bit bigger. So it's pretty much all in storage. So what I'm hoping to do is, based on my law, I'd love to set up, uh, you know, something like a 2,000, 3,000-point army, something like that, that's based on the characters um, and sort of similar to something that you may have done in the past, I think, and, and actually kill them off as the game yeah. progress and, and smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, yeah, cool. any of the, the content that I write on, you know, I'm, I'm big on killing characters and taking them away. Um, so yeah, I, th I think that'd be a really good bit of fun. You make me fall in love just to take them away from me. Very nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's definitely well, that's fun. It's hard to do on tabletop to have like a hero character and try to keep them safe. It really makes you try to play safe where it's like, well, I can't let this guy fucking die. And you start running away with them and makes it all types of fun for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I think that's sort of why I gravitated towards the Imperial Guard for my law and for the army as well, is because, you know, realistically, it's a fucking army. Um, and with the, the law, my head cannon for this, um, basically, they're almost going to be set up as penal legions. So I'm expecting lots of infantry. You know, lots of T1 stuff that's just going to get absolutely meat ground. So <laughs> who knows how long it will last, but it's going to be a good bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that will be fun. It'd be uh, cool to do a bunch of the conversions of like prison gangers and stuff and maybe a couple more well-regimented prison workers and stuff who actually get the guns as opposed to just the whips and the chains and stuff. Very cool. Yeah, Exactly right. I think the, the the hard part is though is you know we we all want to look at our head cannon as really special and unique and a bit slow snowflakey, um, but I think you know there's two people who play the game and no one likes playing Hero Hammer. No one likes playing against the snowflake armies. So yeah. you got to sort of walk that tightrope between your head cannon of it being ridiculous and it being a bit personalized. So. Yeah, yeah it, it is that fine line where, yeah, just one line can really make or break. Okay, that's just too much. <laughs> too yeah, far. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, like you, you don't want your own Gaunt's ghosts. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So you've, you've written Gaunt. a short story about <clears throat> this uh, Penal Legion. Um, and you were kind of telling me before the show that uh, this is a smaller short story written on something else you're working on if you want to tell us yeah about it. absolutely um so a lot of the content in this is um heavily inspired by a, a novel that i've written um which is due to be published probably in the next 18 months ish um all going well um cool. but yeah so gw lawyers leave me alone um this was inspired yeah it's by not my warhammer 40k it's warhammer 40,000 <laughs> k yeah 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 exactly yeah 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 hey mine's non-sci-fi though so you know i'm uh <laughs> oh, that'll be it'll be the yeah it'll be the the warhammer old school department not the 40k department that's coming after me <laughs> cool cool um well yeah maybe let's dive in and then we'll have some more questions about the novel how that ties in or and we'll definitely have questions about this story so beautiful let's go for it <clears throat> sabbat world of alisar hive city odium in conglomerate mining territories life cold air meets fresh tissues and just like that we simply are 
Lung spasm and tiny coughs give way to irregular gulps of cold, dry air. Taste buds fire, sensing the chemical compounds drifting in the vastness of creation. Hormones cascade through us, and for the very first time, we experience pleasure. With nothing to compare it to, the feeling is enveloping. A drop of bliss from the gods himself, so sweet did the world taste already. Signals from our newly awakened brain are sent to the tiny reserves of electrolytes in our limbs. They scream at us to move, so we squirm entirely uncoordinated and claw for a world full of infinite possibilities, standing just shortly outside of our grasp. Yet the body is weaker than the spirit, so we rest again, just for a little while, gathering our strength before reaching out once more to providence. There we sit, writhing and grasping in the warmth of the wet, while our diaphragm convulses and contracts desperately trying to find rhythm and the perfect ratio of blood to oxygen. After what seems an eternity, our eyes pathetically sliver open ever so slightly. But oh, was the universe cracked open and the splendor of reality given vision. Light trickles down through the sheer sheen of muc mucus and birthing fluid and through our flesh, stinging cornea, the beginnings, <clears throat> stinging cornea, the beginnings of shapes form. Logic and reality become a fixed concept even then to our barely formed brain though we didn't know it yet. Such glory was truly wasted on our being, so fresh we are, so unable to comprehend the beauty of design. We have our first semblance of realization. There is something dark and terrible gnawing at us, scratching at the edge of our very being. It is entirely unbearable. It screams at us. If we had the words, if we had the words, we would sing out to the heavens and beg for a prize from such agony. The composition of chemicals in the air changes, and for the first time in a short existence, we are completely, utterly still. Muscles bunch imperceivably, the darkness rakes at our, at our sanity, and we act. Our tiny limbs drag our tender frame towards the scent, slowly at first, uncoordinated and clumsy. We drag the burden of our reality closer to whatever we crave, what we need. Saliva pools, tight muscles uncoil, Millions of years of genetic memory direct us, and we greedily stuff our quarry into our mouth. That's a titty. I like it. <laughs> Joy, unlike anything we could comprehend, racks every cell in our body. The darkness and scratching is burned away by sheer brilliance. Brilliance. Rich bounty slides down our gullet, and ecstasy dances on our tongue. This is our place in the world. We are a god amongst worms. What could possibly stand before us? What could... The slap of a firm boot leather hitting cobblestone down drowned out the crunch and squelch of the hatchling, disent dis disintegrating beneath a heavy stride. <clears throat> the corner of Auden's mouth curved upwards into a grin, but his pace didn't slow as he dragged his foot, smearing what was left of the hatchling on the trail. Fucking lizards. Auden hated the salamanders of the deep hive, hated the way they preyed on the glow bugs that lit the deep hated their bland, slimy texture on a spit. Most of all, he hated the way their inescapable and oddly intelligent gaze judged your every action along the back alleys and service tunnels of the underforges. Auden hated a lot of things, but to a gilder like Auden, judgy little witnesses were near the top of the list, and not to mention counterproductive to some of his more dubious ventures. After all, a fair guildsman, 
could get far in the life with a bit of spite in his belly and a good sense for when to invest in hush lips, aided with a couple of well-placed credits, or when to buy more permanent silence with the heel of his boot. The cobbles grew looser as the tunnel stretched on, and for a time, the rhythmic echo of boot on stone kept Auden in fine company until another set awkwardly joined the chorus before eagerly matching time. How's the boys, Grelick? Good, brother. Shift ends next hammer. How many answered? Ten and two. It was you and me that makes ten and four. Did Barrow organise the gear? He ought to. He's meeting us before shift's end. Was all good to go by tenth hammer. Can't imagine he's cocked it up since then. Would you like to go from there? Yep. The tunnel started to narrow and slowly, heavily downwards, so the pair split into a single file as they passed the gilded indentured boy, refueling a torch. A glint of polished copper caught the flickering of the torchlight, and Oridin noticed an electrocall around his neck. In that moment, Oridin was pulled straight back into the grime of his youth. He was still beside Grillick, though neither of them was a day older than 13. The pair had been caught stealing from a group of older boys, and after a short chase, they found himself corner, cornered. Orden still remembered being beaten. Grab the runs, the largest said the three boys rushed forward and drove his fist into Orden's stomach. The air racing from his lungs made a squeak. As he doubled over, he found his arms behind his back. Little bastards! Another punch landed on his temple, and he saw stars as he tried to squirm free. Go on and grab him proper, bellowed the assailant outside of Orden's view. He felt his knees buckle as the boy behind him bore his weight onto his back and brought him to the floor. More blows landed to his head and he distinctly remembered the soft crunch of his nose crumpling and the sharp pain in his cheek as bone gave way and his head was bounced from stone. But mostly he remembered looking up and seeing Grelick. How do you say that guy's name? Grelick. 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 <laughs> but mostly he remembered looking up and seeing Grelick. Remembering the stone in his hand, blood pooling from the skull of his nearest boy, and his convulsions as the boy died. The underhive was not kind to those without the protection of the gill, steel, and worse still, the young unfortunate enough to find themselves without kin. He ran his thumb across the permanent dent in his cheek and flicked the urchin a single piece, and flicked the urchin a single piece. The lad dropped hard to his knees and greedily snatched it up from the cobbles. <clears throat> the further they strode through the gloomy corridors, the more sections of the coarse rock wall began to smooth into long stretches of sheeny dark granite, laced with patchwork ceramite bracing. The occasional amateurish marking pocked the walls, displaying works of petty worker gang graffiti or directions to the nearest hiring foreman. But standing out amongst it all was a meticulously carved sigil, a skull being struck by a hammer and nail, smiling down at the duo. It was a clear indication that they had crossed the threshold into the Driven Nails gilding territory. Producing one of the savagely sharpened chisels from his belt, Grelick dragged his makeshift blade along the wall, leaving a thick gouge through the guild sign as they moved, chuckling like a schoolboy while they scored the image. The tunnel came to a fork with the stonework cobbles leading left. The pair took the right and soon they were clambering up a rocky face and the familiar pale light of the world native glow bugs replaced the brightness of chem torches. As the dim tunnel opened into a small chamber, they all too recognised the scent of oil, sweat, and sickly sweet home-brewed Amonsec, gave their compatriot away before they could see him. Howdy, lads. Howdy, Barrow, they returned in unison, 
Barrow, as usual, had a small brewing barrel tucked under his left arm. Rarely was he seen without one of his little wooden companions. Do you have all the gear? Barrow grinned, revealing two-thirds a mouthful of port-stained teeth. Course, sort of bloke I'd be if I let me fell on most humble guildsmen without proper equipment, eh? Sarcastically bowing with a flourish. Warden snorted. A fat one with great big tits, Barrow, poking him in the chest. Ha, sounds like our baby foreman has suckling on his mind, eh, Grelick? He grabbed his own crotch to emphasise his point. Are the boys ready for work? The lads clock off in half hammer's time. Ten and two, including you, are up for the late shift. Ten and three, if you're including my new darling, my Marosha. Barrow's pudgy finger circled the sign of the Aquila stamped on his barrel. Gordon and Grelick eyed Bar Barrow's Marosha cautiously. While Barrow was a touch eccentric, he was old for a hiver. His face and hands a roadmap of burns and scars. One of the survivors of bloody skirmishes under the deep forges when the first gang has formed their own guilds and established formal mining territories. He'd earned a permanent place at the table through right of conquest, and only the freshest guildsmen thought to underestimate him. Barrels aside, how'd the picks come up, Barrow? Barrow gently kicked the crate at his feet. Bloody good. The edge on him came up better than expect. The hammer struck, and the earth rumbled beneath their feet ever so slightly, and then 11 more times it rang out. The final rumble lasting the longest. Ha! It's time for the shift change. Come on, lads. Work's on. Barrow chuckled as he leaned over and shouldered a crate with his free arm. Ten and four of the hivers dressed in miner's garb waded through the stinking alleys. Orden's men were thick, armed, and well-fed. If not for the loosely fit clothing on their backs, they'd have stood well out in the working slums under the mountain. As it were, the shift change often drew in scabs and the desperate alike looking to fill dangerous or understaffed roles in the mining guild mining territories. So the group largely moved unmolested towards the mine. The only few that hampered them in the streets proper were the whores plying their trade in the dank and the dark. The closer they came to the mining operations, the thicker those streets grew with heavy tattooed gangers and beggars. Eventually, the men were forced to slow to shove or kick aside some of the impromptu gangs of scabs forming who slowly surged forward, eager to be placed in more favorable work, detailed by the driven nail foreman. Orden led the work crew through a rabble like an eel through water. With Grelick and Burrow shattering him closely, he personally slowed only once to press a, a snubbed-nosed slug gun into a soft of a particularly burly ganger who had stepped out into his way. Seemingly to take great offense at the scab crews pushing ahead. After taking a moment to appreciate the cold stare and the colder steel of the firearm, an inch from his eye, the larger of the two ceded his point and bowed out of the ganger negotiation. Grillick snickered at the scene and Orden winked back at him, all too familiar with the finer points of Hiver debate. Inch by inch they pressed forward until Orden was standing a mere two bodies away from the hiring gilders. The driven na nails were renowned under the mountain for their heavily armored siege fighters and force standing before them exemplified the doctrine they were so feared for. Standing two abreast and five deep in a tight network surrounding a forge, they would form a brutal wedge sweeping over opposition and crushing skulls beneath their boots as they drove the head of the nail into the heart of enemy defenses. Those unluckily few caught in the center of the conflict would find themselves waging war in every direction with no hope for retreat. 
The driven foreman stood shoulder to shoulder against a dozen men. His held He held his badge of office loosely in his right hand, an ornately decorated power hammer stained dark with crimson. He swung it menacingly back and forth as he barked orders, spittle landing on the face of a thin-faced bald specimen who quickly nodded and white-knuckled the half heft of his chain sword. Looking proper miff, that one, Orden, Burrow said just loud enough for the two, two of them to hear. Sounds like there's not enough hands. Let's see if we can't help him out. Orden shoulder past two of the workmen patiently, waiting at the head of the rabble. The man to his left drew his arm to strike a blow to the back, the back of his head in protest. Before he could connect, Burrow hooked the crook of his arm and pulled him back with a grunt, sweeping him to the crowd where he disappeared beneath a pitiless feet of those behind, behind him. <clears throat> the man to his right watched the scene unfold wide-eyed and decided better than to tender complaint, sidestepping the work crew and allowing Grelick to come forward with his fellow allowing Grelick to come forward with his fellows following suit. <clears throat> There was a dull clock. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlay, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Playing is two driven nails close rank between Auden and the Gilders. The man on his right bore the same glyph on his breastplate as the tunnel. Back to the pack, pick rats. He'll call on you if he wants you, said the riot. The two were head to toe in enough guild ceramite and steel to make any ganger think thrice before defying direction. And Auden dropped his eyes to his feet, raising his palms in defeat. Please, mate, me lads and I need the work. We've even brought our own gear and we've families to feed. Fuck off or die, spat the left. Auden, still with palms raised, took two steps to his right so that the guilders were standing single file with his fellow behind his silhouette. Please, lads, we just need the work, he begged, as he took another stride backwards along the front of the rabble. I said, back, you rat, screamed the gilder with the sigil emblazoned chest plate, and raising his notably ramshackled chainsword threateningly, thumbing the trigger and whirring the blade. The pair advanced towards Auden, one behind the other, dripping with malice and readying their weapons as they prepared to crush the upstart. Auden caught the eye of his oldest friend, and as usual, found Grelick grinning ear to cauliflowered ear. This deep in the bowels of the map. Oh, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, you can if you want. Your story. Uh, no, you go for it, mate. You go for okay. it. This deep in the bowels of the mountain, true wood was a commodity unto its own. Guild lords and forge masters alike boasted delicate displays of fantastical and expertly carved dioramas set in the climax of epic Imperium battles, 
using the rarest varieties of enormous oak or sat upon intricate chairs inlaid with the purest gold or silver to accentuate the incredible grain. The men of Alisar treasured such things and hungrily thought after the heirlooms, either purchased from the iron canvas who iron caravans who returned laden with goods from distant hives and over cities. Or more often than not, they seized the opportunity to take such trinkets by force, that which they couldn't afford in forge raids from what wealthier or better connected guilds. Being an obvious token of wealth, these things were kept were hard kept. And it was often a brazen display of confidence or challenge to flaunt such things. So when a small wooden barrel rolled straight into the feet of the driven nail foreman, did something he hadn't done since the first real kill. The same thing he whipped out of his recruits by the edge of a wickedly barbed crop. He froze. Dumbfounded, he looked back at the man, back up at the man. He was just chastising and saw a reflection of what was surely his own expression. Then he slipped his hammer into his belt and reached down and picked up the barrel, turning it this way and that in his hands. It was hardly a unique piece, but he could feel the history on his fingertips in the rich flowing red grain, noted the roughly hewn planks carved into the slightly oblong cylinder. The marks left were by a bent tooth on a cutting saw, and the way the bands of the copper hugged the planks near the cemetery and thinning neatly in areas of work as they were hammered in place. <clears throat> yes, in its own rustic way, the barrel was really beautiful. Merosha, he mumbled quizzically, <clears throat> the script more chipped and carved around the openings of the barrel, and he pulled the stopper. <clears throat> the explosion was deafening. Jagged pieces of copper ripped apart the foreman's face and penetrated deep into his brain. The gilder's world froze for just a second as ears rang and thick white smoke of burning Promethean cleared. A terrible risk. Nobody dared even use stub guns in the mines for fear of igniting the canisters of Prometheum set aside for the heavier mining equipment. But Barry was never particularly risk averse. Chaos reigned behind them in that moment between time as the rabble fled from the explosion and Auden used the distraction to pull his blade from his back, roaring the engine to life and slamming the chainsaw into the gap between the shoulder and breastplate of the distracted gilder in front of him throwing himself into the wounded man, knocking down the driven behind him as it collapsed. Seven of the driven guilders already lay dead or unconscious, and the men wasted no time in finishing the fallen. Grelick threw, and plasteel picks were snatched from the air with practiced ease. Most of Auden's men fell upon the wounded driven like they were a vein of ore, merciless swings leaving huge triangular punctures in breastplates. Within minutes, the floor was sticky with growing pools of blood. The five remaining guilders outside of the blast zone recovered quickly, accustomed to the confusion born of a lifetime of guild wars. They roared as they leapt over their kin to join the fray. One of the driven threw a brutal swing and bone crumpled, leaving a sickening cave of gore where once the ganger's temple had been. Grelick drank in the chaos, nostrils flared, the smell of iron-rich blood and singed hair filled his lungs. Pointing a chisel at the nearest driven, they locked eyes and gauged distance. The driven was young, with gaunt cheeks and dark eyes. His hands shook with adrenaline as they slowly circled each other. Rook, you fool, back to the line. Eyes widened as he realized his mistake. He let the ganger draw him out too far. 
Grelick threw his chisel at the gilder, and the young man followed the slow arc, triumphantly deflecting the lazy missile. When his focus fell back to the ganger, Grelick was already diving for his knee. <clears throat> Orn's men surrounded the survivors and met the driven two at a time, but even 11 to 4, they were still wearing miners' garb and completely unarmored. The melee quickly devolved into a game of cat and mouse. Orden and his men tried to separate the formation, but it was like trying to pull a ceramite ingot in two. The gangers fainted and goaded, trying to draw the guilders out of place where they could be dismantled by weight of numbers alone. But the driven moved in lockstep, like a mountain bear surrounded by snapping wolves. They waited until one of the gangers overcommitted and counted, gutting the man. Frack. Orden knew their odds were slipping. They'd taken too long finishing the wound and hadn't wounded and hadn't pressed their advantage. The driven had begun speaking in guild camp, urgently formulating a plan of either escape or action, and Auden needed to do something quickly to somehow change the field of play. He calculated how many men they'd lose in a rush, if they could manoeuvre the guilders back to a wall, how to break their formation. None of the plays at hand seemed viable. Then Barra laughed, and a rucksack landed at the feet of the driven. The guilders looked at each other and dove away from the explosion, an explosion that never came. And the bear looked up, only to find the closing more of Hungry Wolves. Very cool. That was a great story. It was really re well written, first of all. Like, it just all flowed very nicely. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with dialogue, but some of these gangers felt really fucking ganger-like, and I liked that. It was nice. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. Um, I think... Personally, I found the key to dialogue is honestly the le the less the better. Um, you know, people in in real life they don't speak out in these drawn drawn out sentences with you know backstory and stuff like that. If you're talking yeah. to your friends, you know, like you you you'd, you know been in the ship with, like if you guys had killed a man before, you can <laughs> give him a nod. You can say, "How's it going, mate?" And yeah, <laughs> that's. That's that's reality. That's that's how it is. So, yeah. yeah so thank you much. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. even just the way they talked about like time pieces and the hammer and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I I really like the dialogue and flow. And yeah, like I said, it it was just really well written. Like the flow of it all. Um, let's get into some of the lore of it. So yeah, basically you're writing a penal legion. We didn't fully get to see that in this story although i could see how it ties in like the ideal the idea of the driven and their whole like uh tactic of being the hammer and they try to dr drive that wedge into the formations and they're just all walking in lockstep together it's super cool yeah thanks so basically <clears throat> yeah what what hasn't been written is effectively um i don't know you know if you've read the gaunt's ghosts or anything during the sabbath crusade Basically, it's this whole section of worlds that were taken by chaos. Um, and then I think Warmaster Makaroth, from memory, he um, drove another crusade through the Sabbath world. So basically, my headcanon is this might be sort of four or five years after the world was first claimed. So this is... Um, right on the edge of the Sabbath world. So obviously not a hectic chaos planet or anything like that. It was just sort of, you know, maybe Warbands raided them occasionally, but 
they'd managed to stay pretty self-sufficient and reasonably okay. But um, what's happening is not too long after this, in my head canon, um, an Imperial Guard founding is going to happen. So, you know, they, they're going to come to the planet. They're going to muster up some forces to go join the Sabbath Crusade. And what I really wanted to feel for was um, a lot of the time in 40K, when the Imperial Guard visit a world, the world's sort of united. You know what I mean? It's, it's been in the future for a while. It's sort of like there's only one race of people. There's no infighting or anything like that, except for like at the very high level. Um, yeah. But I wanted a, a bit more flavour that was a bit more like our real world, which is, you know, we're, we're not a united force. <laughs> yeah. If we, yeah, you know, like if, if we got drafted into space, the US Army would certainly still have something against Hamas or ISIS or something like that. So I want yeah. there to be a lot of infighting still um, in the founding, which basically means that a lot of these guilds um, end up having to operate as penal agents instead of just conscripted into the glorious Imperium and, you know, they're, they're one united force. Yeah, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, because I was wondering. So, yeah, they, they found their own guard regiment, and then I was wondering if we'd ever see these guilds again. But, yeah, they still kind of get recruited, drafted, and uh, taken far and wide across the galaxy. Yeah, that's right. And then, you know, they might run into the, the regiment that gets drafted up or, or you know, what do they call it? Um, I, I don't know, ganged up um, from, say, this this ganger group, they might eventually come into contact with someone from, say, you know, who the Driven Nail once were, and they might be a different regiment or even part of the same regiment. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just, I like conflict. I think all good stories have a lot of conflict. For sure, for um, sure. Yeah, and uh, internal conflict is is some of the more interesting things that I find you know like... yeah like you know you can have a big big bad guy and that's ultimately the conflict but like it, it's not in a way like it's not interesting conflict because he's a bad guy you're not supposed to take his side you hope he loses in the end but if there's two brothers who have a different idea of how to go about doing something then you get some interesting play where you know the outcome isn't just well we killed the baddie it's like well I'm not gonna kill my brother yeah. Yeah, very exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And it might have some really interesting stories in my games where, you know, hey, maybe I'll chuck a little unit from the Driven Nail in there or something like that. Or maybe another guild and maybe my own, you know, I'll be playing a game within the game and maybe my guys are kind of not willing to risk the neck, <laughs> the necks for these guys. And yeah, I think it just adds another element of fun and it gives me lots of space to, um, to write a little bit more. So, yeah. yeah. Write a little bit more, but also, man, the minis you could make with this would just be so cool because you could pretty much do anything. Like, this ganger was super wealthy. So, like, this whole kind of portion of the regiment took some of their gang weapons or their guild weapons with them, and they have some power armor maybe even on some guys. Where this other guild is just a bunch of rabble. Like, I just love that you can pretty much do whatever you want now model-wise. Yeah, exactly. It's going to have lots of flavor without feeling too snowflakey, if you know what I mean. Like, it's, um, you know, like one of my pet peeves is whenever I played my orcs against, say, a Space Marine um, squad, you know, we've got like 2,000 points, 2,000 points. 
And I'd ask a little bit about their law from this, and they're like, oh, yes, we're a secret chapter from <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And we have all this unique gear and we're, you know, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's just, to me, I'm like, that's just not 40K. You know what I mean? Like, it, it yeah, like 40K is an uphill battle where nothing comes easy, easy and nothing comes without sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And I mean, um, I think a lot of people, when they first start 40K, or sorry, first start getting into 40K, you know, we all gravitate towards the Space Marines. We all gravitate towards those super cool things. But then if you really get into the lore, what is cooler? You know, like a genetically gifted superhuman who can kill a thousand of us with the sweep of their arm or, you know, the guy with the, the las gun who just saw 999 of his brothers die. And he goes, you know what? Fuck you. And he stands up anyway. <laughs> And yeah, I still got back. ammo. I'm not out yet. Yeah, no, way more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know, maybe that's just the, the Aussie in me. Like we're, our, we're big on our military history with the diggers. We're always the underdog. Maybe it's that. I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah. I just, yeah, there's nothing cooler than the hammer of the Imperium being, yeah, the Imperial Guard. So. Yeah. Like it, there's just that slight relatability to it. Like Space Marines, there's no relatability. Like they're even personality wise, like, hypno indoctrinated super soldiers you can't relate to them and in fact i would be worried if you did relate to them on any level like they're just yeah. they're just not if there could, <laughs> yeah if you could relate to a space marine you're either mentally unwell or you fuck you're a, doing a um, lot of push-ups one of the two yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah there's uh you're either wrong or you're, you're not well <laughs> <laughs> yeah very cool. Yeah, so this will open up just like a cool bunch of mini stories for you. Yeah, you play this cool little kill team game and character has a cool moment. And yeah, now you'll write down a cool story for him in that moment, see how long he can survive. I love it. Yeah, exactly right. And that's sort of where I see the characters in this story heading is more of like a kill team. I'd love to do a kill team game that's sort of, you know, because technically right now there would be in my head canon you know the world is is settled by the imperium so this is this is technically illegal warfare so the arbides might say you know hey fuck you you're going penal and yeah i could have a great little penal legion kill team flavor going on and do some really fun stuff yeah i kind of just picture like uh like a bad batch type scenario or like a uh what's like the dc villains that get together and fight crime um well whatever uh, but basically not, yeah what's yeah. that yeah what was it? Oh, I, was, I was gonna say I'm, I, I don't uh, follow the dc universe so i don't know but yeah no, it's, yeah um, but basically yeah, yeah there's like cool. you get these cool band of brigands who are all there not necessarily by choice but they're all going to try to get the job done however they know how to and yeah really cool stuff yeah 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 thank you yeah that's that's exactly the sort of flavor that i'm going for and it's um the, the themes in this is very similar um, to what I, I, I put into my own novel. Um, it's not sci-fi or anything like that, but I really tried to stay true to that sort of feeling because there's the same name characters in my own novel. And it, it's sort of hard because I didn't want to bleed. I didn't want this to bleed into what I'm writing on the other side. And I didn't want that to bleed too much into this because it doesn't fit 40k. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is just a dream of the guy that the hat 
in the novel. The guy had in the novel. Just some weird dream he woke up and was like, what in the fuck was that dark future? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I had a little bit too much mushrooms too and uh, <laughs> yeah, dreamed exactly. up the god emperor. <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah, so will we be seeing more written like this then? When can I expect some more? Uh, absolutely, yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, look, writing's one of my hobbies and um, I'm really keen to, to put this little regiment together. So as it goes, I'll send through more and um, yeah, if people want to hear a little bit more, I'm happy to put some more forward. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. And when you get some minis, well, you have to post them on the discord so we can all gawk at them. Oh, I'm a shit painter, but absolutely. Doesn't matter, man. Plastic is plastic. <laughs> I need, I need it. I need to look at it. Yeah, no, my color scheme is going to be uh, gray, um, almost plastic gray, like so close to plastic gray <laughs> that you would almost call it sprue gray. <laughs> ah, yeah. I've done an army gray before, and nothing is more depressing than taking your gray minis, spray painting them gray, and then painting them gray, and you're like, what the fuck have I just done to myself? <laughs> yeah, it's... yeah. Yeah, my wife just watched me spray paint and paint a bunch of minis, and they're still fucking gray. It wasn't <laughs> Okay, now I really don't get your heart. <laughs> Shakes Blast. her head and leaves the room. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Well, great little lore. If uh, the listeners have lore that you would like to submit, so you can submit to lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to support the Patreon. Every dollar that goes into the show, I guess, goes into something. Who knows what? Usually it's feeding animals. But yeah, don't forget to go to Lorehammer Listen Lore on Patreon. Matthew Carlton, thank you so much for Thanks, joining me and writing. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, really appreciate it. No worries. See you all on the next episode. Adios. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.